episode of whiskey and mash my name is chris pullman and i am gloria ackerman and this week we'll be reviewing season four episode 13 gun and season four episode 14 mail call again the gun um starts out with major Houlihan sleeping in her tent records playing um radar walks in with some news and then all of a sudden uh, uh Tank, not a tank. Oh gosh, a bus comes in with wounded. Um, there's an accident. On it was a colonel who had a fancy gun, a Colt 45 silver from 1845. Um, asked about the gun right away, and radar says every gun gets tagged, and um, you'll get it back at the end. Um, the gun went missing. Uh, blamed on on radar. Um, those are basics. That's basically what happened. Anything else happened that episode? It was mostly about the gun. Yep. I don't see anything I else. I think so. So this is not a whole lot happening, but the gun. A lot happening with the gun missing. Mm -hmm. Um, very fancy gun that's, um, worth a lot. Yeah. Colt, Colt 40. Colt 45. Colt 45, Revolver, 1848. Well, I have 1845. 1845? Okay. Oh. Um, so, yeah, very rare, very nice Very fancy weapon. gun. It was kind of funny because Frank's trying to twirl it and be real fancy. <laughs> um, Radar, he was helping Radar lock up the guns, and Radar showed him this gun, and he... It was fancy. He tried twirling it, and he was very fumbly. All of a sudden, Radar takes it, and it's He's just flipping it around. It was mm. really kind of cool to watch. Yeah. So um, it just showed you that Radar has dealt with guns before. He had to have, to have been able to be that fancy. Um, it was Frank who stole the gun, but um, all the blame went on Radar because he's the only one that has the keys. But Radar, or, um, Frank wanted to show off to Margaret, and so he told her that that was his gun. She should have known better, actually, because he would have showed that to her sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And she does figure it out eventually. Um, anything that you see special about this one that you want to talk about? Um, the fact that Margaret knew yoga kind of got to me a little bit because I don't know if yoga was really around in the 40s for women. Um, I think that's something more from the 80s and 90s. Um, but she was doing it well, and I'm sure that she started doing it in that stage of her life and wanted to put it into the show. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but I've wondered about the yoga stuff before myself. You know, like, would that really have happened? Because we see another episode uh, where there's a bunch of visiting doctors, and Potter and Klinger end up doing yoga with an Indian man. I guess when you think of it, they're more over in that area where maybe it was something that was, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't think did, it came to the United States till the 70s, but. Right. Did it get big here at that time? No. But no. But over there, 
Hmm. Possible. Possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, what I saw out of this episode was a lot of focus on this whole Radar obsessing over going to the stockade for 15 years. He was very obsessed with that. You know, like, what was the one quote? I'll be in my 30s. Oh, That's almost dead. <laughs> I didn't like that line. And then the other one, I'll be going to jail in my puberty and I won't get out until my adultery. <laughs> so yeah, and, and he was very obsessed about going to the fact of drinking, which Radar mm -hmm. didn't normally do. <laughs> but he was scared. Yeah, in theory. I mean, we saw this and, you know, Klinger sidles up next to him in the bar and sits down and Radar's going on, and Klinger says, how many have you had? One. One. <laughs> and there's only like half of it gone. It's beer. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I thought it was cute when Colonel Potter goes and tucks Radar in. Yeah. After that. Oh, that was adorable. Yeah, he tucks him in, puts his glasses in his little cup that's attached to the wall, starts to leave, comes back, gets Radar's bear out and tucks it in with him. And it also showed Frank's personality because as he was going on the bus to assess the people, he yelled at Father Mulcahy and he said, can you go pray somewhere else? Your genuflecting is getting in my way. Yeah, <laughs> way back at the beginning of the episode. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it shows who Frank is. Yeah. Um, it is rather interesting, speaking of Frank, when Hawkeye and BJ confront him in the OR about taking the gun, which we all know he did, and he knows that he did, but he's acting all innocent, and he points oh, out... How come? Yeah. Yeah, I assume that, or, you know, Radar is assumed innocent until proven otherwise, correct? Yeah. How, how come I don't get the same consideration? And they let him go on that, which... Having gotten into comic books lately, I, I just look at that and it's like, okay, this is kind of classic hero-villain because Hawkeye and BJ as the heroes would have to stand by their morals. Right, and they did. And they did. Frank, on the other hand, knew he was guilty and used their morals against them. Ah. So, in fact, they said, I hate when he's right. <laughs> yeah, you know. So that was interesting. Um... I did love, toward the end, you know, Radar gets up in a drunken stupor <laughs> with his teddy bear, goes to talk to the colonel. Oh, yes. Whose gun it was, Colonel Chafee. And he does a John Wayne impression and then points his bear at the colonel and you hear a gunshot. <laughs> My bear went off. My bear went <laughs> off. But first he yelled, what do you need a gun like that for? <laughs> then he yelled, my bear went off. <laughs> mm. And, uh, you know, then he was clearly innocent because he didn't have the gun. Somebody else did. And, of course, we knew it was Frank. Frank runs into Margaret's tent with a gunshot wound to his foot. Which also leads into the last scene and perhaps my favorite scene. Um, where Frank is coming out of the swamp. Hawkeye and BJ are playing chess outside and Hawkeye makes a comment to Frank um I wouldn't put a bandage on it Potter burns will heal faster that way 
And Frank goes, I know that. I mean, what? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. One of those Frank moments. And Hawkeye says, well, you know, just a shot in the dark, Frank. <laughs> just a shot in the dark. You know. But that's really... Oh, yeah. other than... Um, as Colonel Chafee leaves, oh. Colonel Potter asks Radar how he is. And Radar says, oh, I have a hangover, sir. And oh, yes. The world's jumpy and fuzzy. Well, I haven't had anything to drink, and the world's jumpy and fuzzy for me, too. And they step back and look at each other, take off their glasses, switch them. Switch them. <laughs> oh. They each had the wrong glasses on. Mm -hmm. So not a whole lot happening in this episode, no. but... Just a good one. Just yeah. a good episode. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different notes here on the really? Monster Mash wiki, so I figure might as well go through those. Um, the, their first point is that we hear another installment of the Young Colonel Potter Adventure Hour. How he was talking. Because the Colonel ended up there. Colonel Chafee ended up at Mash because uh, his Jeep got run off the road and almost crushed by right, a tank. A tank. One of ours. Yeah, Colonel Potter tells a story about a time when he almost got crushed by a runaway portable latrine. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then he said to Hawkeye, your stories are, you're almost as good a liar as I am, or a storyteller. Mm-hmm. how he said it. Yeah. Uh, a couple of anachronisms. The Colonel's gun is described as a Colt 45, chrome with bone grips. When examining it, Margaret reads off the inscription 1884. This is an anachronism. The gun is a Colt New Service, which can, which only came out in 1898. Hawkeye calls it the kind of gun they signed Indian treaties with. There were no Indian treaties after the 1870s, but Hawkeye was probably only making a joke. What does he know about guns, anyway? That's true. Uh, perhaps it was unwise to have a full frame of Potter holding up his Stars and Stripes newspaper. From the headlines, Nationalists Reject Red Ultimatum. We can see that it is an anachronism. The Pacific Edition, 20 April 1949. But of course, they were filming in the days before viewers had freeze frame and slow motion playback. So. Right, all they needed to see was a, a Stars and Stripes. Yep. Uh, timeline fix the PA announces the movie for the night which is Kansas City Confidential this came out in November 11 1952 <laughs> so we are in late 1952 this is on track and consistent with the last fix in Dear Peggy but we are hurtling towards the last few months of the Korean War with seven more seasons to go so the timeline will have to be reset soon right uh, the mention of Eisenhower and Nixon is correct as the presidential elections was in November 1952. So again, we're in late 1952. 1952 with seven that, seasons left yeah. to go. Potter reading about 80 cadets being expelled from West Point. The actual scandal was in August 1951 when 83 West Point cadets were dismissed for cheating in their exams. So Potter is a year late here, but they probably needed this reference for a bit of deliberate irony. We have just seen Frank show off the stolen gun. Continuity issues. Radar has a sister in this episode. He is usually referred to as an only child. And chopper pilot Smiling Jack Mitchell can be seen in the O Club and later by the Camp Bulletin Board. He will be grounded and sent home eight episodes later in the episode Smiling Jack. No problem if you watch in broadcast order, but there will be discontinuity if watched in production order because Smiling Jack was produced very early in season four 
eight episodes before the gun. Yeah. Uh, episodes with a lot of outdoor scenes like Smell and Jack were usually produced early in the season to take advantage of longer hours of daylight. That makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. Anything else about this episode? No. Just not a whole lot of... Yeah. Okay. Uh, Warren Stevens starred as Colonel Chafee, William Christopher, of course, as Father Mulcahy, and we had a few uncredited appearances by Kelly Nakahara, Roy Goldman, and Dennis Troy. The production code for this was uh, G517, and it originally aired December 2nd, 1975. Okay. Next up, Mail Call Again. Love the male ones. Yeah. <laughs> all the male ones are good, just yeah. like all the deer. Yes. Deer blank are good. Um, mail Call Again. Basically, everybody's getting mail. And hearing back from home. The two main plots that we see, though, are that Colonel Potter is going to be a grandfather any day, and he's waiting to hear back from Indiana. And Frank Burns, his wife, hears from uh, some officer that came through the 4077th, found out about Frank and Margaret, and she is looking to divorce Frank. So he's desperately trying to call home and get her to stop the divorce proceedings. Uh, in the end, the colonel has a granddaughter, and Frank is able to successfully convince his wife to not divorce him, but in the process ends up insulting Margaret in such a way that yeah, she might not forget that anytime soon. Furniture was broken. <laughs> so... Uh, we opened the episode with Potter singing. And shaving. And, and shaving with a straight blade. Such a great memory for me because I remember my father shaving that way, putting mm -hmm. that white stuff all over his face mm -hmm. and then just taking a, mm -hmm. straight, a straight blade, blade and, and shaving. Yeah. And he had this long leather thing that mm -hmm. he used to do this on. Yep, the strap. Oh, yeah. sorry, I know you can't see me, but I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to sharpen the blade. To sharpen the blade. Because it had to be sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I remember him shaving that way, and it was just such a great memory to see that for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely Yeah, it cool. was a cup that he kept his stuff in, just mm -hmm. like it was a cup that, like a regular yeah. cup it looked like. Yeah. And then he put, yeah. Anyway, sorry, it was yeah. a great memory for me anyway. Yeah, some people still shave that way. Really? Yeah. I, okay. I've looked into it. I wouldn't. I don't remember my dad ever having cuts or anything on his face. It, so. It's harder with that, actually. But it's just, in order to shave with that, like, you have to get your skin taut. Yeah, he would pull. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and pull, that. and then, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But it was just really cool to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, I would sit, oh, yeah. I, I'd sit on the floor and watch him shave. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, once Radar finds out that Potter is going to have a grandchild, he starts setting up a baby pool. Day, weight, and sex. Yeah, which I love because the next tent he stops into is uh, Major Houlihan's. <laughs> she gets a package from Fredericks of Hollywood. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, then Radar mentions the baby pool and she's like, I don't approve of gambling. It's, it's for Colonel Potter's grandchild. Oh, how do I get in? <laughs> yeah. You know, she immediately, at that point, without waiting, she rattles off, you know, a day weight and. <laughs> Gender, yeah. yeah. Um, 
after Margaret. Father Mulcahy's sister, mm. Angeline. Angelica. Angelica. Mm -hmm. Sister Angelica. Father, when your sister writes you, does she call you father, brother, or lieutenant? She calls me by my given name, Radar. Francis. He just started giggling. I don't yeah. get what he, just because it's a girl's name, kind of, or? I think just because he probably never heard Father Mulcahy's first name. You okay. know, kind of like most priests, it would be father. Yeah, but I like, have a brother that's a priest, so mm -hmm. my brother is my father. <laughs> your your uncle is your father. Yeah, <laughs> but outside of church functions, he's just Tom. Tom. <laughs> Tom. So yeah. when your daughter's in church, he yells Tom. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. In Brooklyn. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> but um, the the one line out of Father Mulcahy's whole letter because Sister Angelica is coaching the girls basketball. Yeah, and I love. Wow, they beat the pants off of Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrows. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> they're not a very good team, apparently. <laughs> oh, goodness. Next but, to Hawkeye. Yep, Hawkeye gets uh, his hometown newspaper. BJ gets apple, a letter from his crab wife. apple cold paper. Yeah. No, he got a letter from his wife, wife, and dog. Right, his wife, wife his wife. wife. <laughs> and I don't remember the dog's name, but... Oh, I didn't write it down either. Yeah, something honeycut. Huh. But I did write down that the baby said... Buga, bigaba, bigaba. <laughs> yeah, which apparently means mother. I have had enough. What was it? I've had enough uh, strained peaches, and I'm ready for my nap now. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but as they're reading their mail, radar is resealing. They're Frank. trying to reseal Frank's letter. I swear I was just. Heating up, yeah. yeah. I was just heating up some water for Colonel Potter, and the steam opened up the letter. Steam will do that, radar. What's it about? I have no idea. I would never read it, but I'm not a sneak. <laughs> it's okay if you're an American sneak, radar. <laughs> yeah, and then radar tells him, you know, Frank's wife is looking for a divorce. And it's a good thing that radar did tell them because Frank did not tell them, and he kind of lost it. And, um, Ripped his pillow apart. So yeah. BJ asked um, Hawkeye, "Did it say snow in that paper of yours?" <laughs> yeah, because he just he tears it and he starts whipping it, and so all these feathers are going up into the air. And I love Hawkeye's reaction. He sees the feathers falling. He just kind of he shrinks away from it. Um, as Frank is walking outside, Margaret meets him and starts walking with him, and you know he has feathers on him. I have to make a call. It's terribly important. Did someone die? Oh, Far worse. If only if it were that unimportant. <laughs> um. Oh, and Klinger came in to see Sherman Potter. Yeah. Colonel Potter, because his two brothers, Maurice and Huckabee. Hakim. 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 Hakim died in a boiler explosion in a harmonica factory. Yeah. Where then Sher Colonel Sherman Potter looks up and he has no brothers. It says in his per uh, personal record. Yeah. And every and then our favorite line. Go ahead. How well, do you know that I'm not telling the truth? Clinger, every time you lie, your nose shrinks. <laughs> I love that. You haven't heard the last of me. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be here. And as a point there, and I think I made this point back. 
uh, in probably season two-ish, plus or minus a season. <laughs> I mean, it, with Colonel Blake, he had a whole file of Clinger's right. letters, yeah. you know, and it was mother dying. Brother dying. Father dying. dying. <laughs> mother pregnant, sister dying. <laughs> sister Here, pregnant, mother dying. <laughs> here's a great one. Half the family pregnant, <laughs> other half dying. He would have kept those, I think. Think I would think so. Colonel too. Potter. So Colonel Potter would have been able to flip through those. But maybe Colonel Pot Potter cleaned things out and got mm. rid of them. Because he seems like a very let's get rid of clutter kind of guy. Yeah, I suppose. It just you know, it seems to me like he would have had those around to reference. That's true. But, you know, regardless, yeah, what does it say in Klinger's file? That Klinger does ha doesn't have any brothers, so. You and have to live end, before you can die, Klinger. You said a mouthful of Colonel. At the end was my very favorite part. Well, not yet, because I guess um, Frank got to talk to his wife. Yeah. And cleared things up. Oh, my goodness. That was, yeah. Uh, well, sort of. I don't care what Chuck said. <laughs> but no... No, darling, don't leave me. Yeah. You divorce me, I'll do myself an injury. I'll run out into the war. I'll actually go into the war. Um, and then Major Margaret's Coolahan? listening in to in Radar's office. That old war horse? Yeah, exactly. Well, is she beautiful? That, no. She's an army mule with bosoms. <laughs> and you just see her. Yeah, you, you can all, her face just is starting to, you know the commercials where their head pops off? You can feel her head popping off. Yeah, it was great. And then, yeah, and Frank thinks a lot of himself. He comes out of the colonel's office because he asked for some privacy. And he ducks just as a chair comes flying over and breaks in back of him, and she screams, War horse! Army mule! I had to tell her that, Margaret. All the property in the stocks, stocks are, are in, in her, her name! name. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. But then, yeah, the... The very end will make it, you just bawl. You know, I it, mean, Laura was crying her eyes out. Yeah, it, it closes with radar... Uh, showing a family picture of his family back in Ottumwa. Uh His mother looks exactly like him. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder his who, dog. <laughs> and, um, Uncle Bill. Uh, and it's great because Radar is uh, kind of relating what the people are saying on screen. <laughs> I think Hawkeye makes a comment, hey look dad, talkies. <laughs> In fact, the prayer he said word for word, and mm -hmm. like it was right on time with them. They started yeah. eating, so you know that's their family prayer they mm -hmm. say before meals. Yep. And then um, at the very end, his mother is waving at the camera and saying some things. I love you, Radar. Yeah. I mean, it's not a talkie, but you can read her lips. I love you, Radar, and then taps her heart. Yeah, and then I guess he says it back. And yeah very touching and, and as the people were all waving you saw radar waving in the background yeah. like as if they could see him yeah <laughs> it was really cool it very was. touching yeah and then um that's interrupted by the phone ringing so radar runs out and gets it and it is colonel potter's son who was finally able to get a line through oh yeah about the gambling thing yeah he um you know the that is granddaughter was born in 1926 at City General. No. That might have been Colonel Potter's son, but not his granddaughter. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, his son was born. Sorry. 
Because then the granddaughter was born at City General, General Hall, as well. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he said, could. "Are you disappointed that it's not a son?" He actually asked him. Yeah. He's like, "No." Yeah. What was what was the name? Um, I'm thinking Alice, but that's not right. No. Uh, oh goodness, they don't have. I should have written that down. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah. Do do looking looking looking, looking. Oh, I can't find it in here. But yeah. Uh, well, something email like us with it. <laughs> something Persian Potter, which was cool. So. Um, and then, you know, Hawkeye is crying, and BJ says, you too, huh? And Hawkeye goes, I lost the baby pool. <laughs> oh, Father, yeah. And Father Mulcahy, he says, I won. I won. <laughs> you have some help, Father? Oh, heavens no. I just tend to more know more about conceptions. <laughs> so, it that was, was a, a great answer. Yeah. It was a cute episode, too. Uh, some fun facts from the wiki. Colonel Potter's family is strangely inconsistent throughout the years. Here he has a son, but in later episodes he seems only to have a daughter. Uh, Hawkeye spends some of the episode reading stories from his hometown newspaper aloud, including a bit about shaving mugs, a line he seems to flub, but he keeps going, trying variations on the correct pluralization. Shaving's mugs. Shaving's mug. Which I thought was really great, so... Uh, having Berg off in drag play his mother seems an insane cartoony idea, but somehow it works and is even very touching. This is the third member of the 4077th whose home life we got to see via home movies, the first being Henry, the second being Frank. Um, yeah, Klinger uh, refusing... Oh, yeah, Klinger refusing to give up the ghost when he's talking to Colonel Potter, and Colonel Potter says, You've got to live before you die referring to Klinger's two brothers, brothers who died you said a mouthful sir so just refusing to let go let go of that uh, one goof when Radar mentions uh, Sigmund Rhee was re-elected again this occurred in July 1952 Potter didn't arrive in MASH until September 19th 1952 ah. so that was the reason that they couldn't get a line through was Sigmund Reed had been Unanimously re-elected yeah. as dictator of South Korea, something okay. like that. Yeah. Uh, guest stars only listed as Father Mulcahy. Didn't have a big cast this one. No, no, just the core. But plus. that's who would have gotten the mail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, so, what do we do if they want to talk to us? Well, if you want to talk with us, you can email us, whiskeyandmash at narclan inc. Or, if you can't remember that or you can't figure out how it's spelled, we don't hold that against you, especially this late into a multi-recording day. Uh, you can head over to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C dot com. Go to the podcast page and then navigate to whiskey and mashes page and on there you will find links to our facebook page as well as our email you can just click on click on those and they will take you right there uh, in the case of the email it'll start up an email uh, client session so you can email us if you want to listen to more of our episodes right there on that same page we have raw mp3 versions of all of our past episodes 
You can stream them right off the web page or download them to your favorite MP3 player. Otherwise, if you do the podcast thing, you can head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast application, search for Whiskey and Mash, subscribe, and then get all the new episodes downloaded automatically to your podcast player so you That's can listen way. to them. It is. It definitely That's is. That's the best way. Yeah. But that's it for us this week, I think. Yeah, that's it. So we'll see ya. Yeah. Today yeah. later. <laughs> sure. We'll still be here. We'll see you in a week, though. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. We'll, we'll see, see you. Mash. Yeah, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>